0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 499, coming to you on the 28th of September 2023. Today, we're going to return to uh, the Thursday book stuff, right? The book club, the book review, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is one of the books that I reread while I was on vacation. I got a handy-dandy Kindle version since I cannot find my hard copy. It is none other than Moulin Labay, written by uh, the pseudonym of Boston Tea Party. And if I recall correctly, this came out in the early 2000s, but I could be off a little bit on that. And yes, it is a work of fiction. Um, it is based off of what the author saw his shortcomings with the New Hampshire choice for the Free State Project. Basically, he put his argument in novel form for Wyoming. The reason why I want to go through this is because, well, one, it's a Christian libertarian, so it's much easier uh, to go along with where he's going with it. And two, a lot of thought, a lot of brass tacks, process went into writing this book and it does lay out a valuable template which could have worked now whether or not it can work now or whether or not it could ever have worked that's up for discussion and debate but for the purposes of this book of course it works and you get to see how it plays out and what's all in uh all the moving parts are so what i want to do is i want to read you four separate excerpts from the book and give you a little feedback on it and how that maybe relates to exactly what we're dealing with in Texas right here, right now. So I'm going to skip to, boy, I don't. Uh, my Kindle doesn't give me the page number here. I apologize. It's about 13% of the way through the uh, book, if that's helpful. (laughs) Finally, even if it could, no England, no New England state is hospitable to a thriving gun culture, a necessary feature of a modern free state, and one that will be sadly underappreciated by the FSP. Free straight. Project. A thriving gun culture does not mean 4% of adults with concealed carry handgun permits. It does not mean. More than one skeet range per county. It does not even mean a preponderance of hunters every deer season. A thriving gun culture is much more than that. It is a culture where all things related to shooting are widely and passionately enjoyed to members who would rather go to the range than bowl, golf, or watch TV. They would rather go to a gun show than a football game. Now, I want you to consider this some of this comes directly into play when they talk about the notion that Wyoming, while they're going through this transformation, gets targeted by progressives out of Oregon, California, and Colorado. And they seek to go to Colorado. I'm sorry. They seek to go to Wyoming. Sorry. I was reading it while I was in Colorado. My apologies. But they seek to go there to disrupt their plan, to offset it. And the response is, To embrace the gun culture, the the response is to give tax credit or discounts, if you will, for carrying sidearms, whether they are concealed or not concealed, whether uh, it's a rifle or handgun. The idea being the more people carrying guns, one, the crime goes down, and two, the people that are scared of guns go away, the leftist, progressive, liberals, right? The, the the ones that fear firearms, we don't want them around. Now, unfortunately, there's something called the John Brown Gun Club that has sprung up in the years since this. And uh, they're not a scary bunch. They're just a kind of a group of odd ducks within another group of odd ducks. So it's interesting, right? But it's something you need to be aware of. All right. Now, the second excerpt, if you will, and I'm going through this rather fast. I apologize. The... <clears throat> They're going through some of the amendments they're putting forth to their constitution. So the very first um, action that they're going to take any amendment or amendments to this constitution may be proposed in either branch of the legislature and it shall be the duty of the legislature to submit it such an amendment or amendments to the electors of the state at the next general election. And they added verbiage. And this is what gets important. And here it is. Or at the next special election convened by the governor, which shall in any event take place within 180 days of passage by both houses. So they're basically going to ram through constitutional amendments because once the constitution's amended, it takes that power away from the legislature. It takes that power away from the executive branch. They're going to give the power back to we, the people, we, the people get to determine what is the best course of action. What should our constitution say? Now, one of the things that I think the author misses here is we've been doing that in Texas for a long time. And that is the scapegoat. So the legislature doesn't have to actually do their job. They can pass the buck and and it also makes them look good. And it boosts some numbers and show up and I don't fault them for that. insofar so far as it's largely worked in our favor, but I see where the Texas legislature by abdicating the responsibilities, the Texas legislature by not reigning in the governor, but by not putting limits to the abuses of power is setting us up for bigger problems or more failures in the future. So. The, the takeaway from this is, yes, this is great. And yes, if there's a bunch of liberty-loving people that make up, a at the very least, a plurality of your voting base at every election cycle, this can be a net benefit. This can be positive. And you're going to take along a lot of good conservatives for the ride. Good conservatives will note liberty issues. Sometimes they need to be talked into it. Sometimes they need to be educated on it. And sometimes they have to step back. Let their anger or their knee-jerk reaction chill out a little bit and then they can they can act with confidence that this is the right thing. Now I can't say the same for the leftists. I can't I can't deal with progressives, but I can say there are some I mean they might be a diminishing few of the legitimate liberals out there, or left of center Republicans or Democrats even, that see the advantage to protecting individual liberty. They want to acknowledge it and protect it. So that their own liberties will not be trampled later on. There's a value to that. The The corollary is to this is when you have power, you need to use that power. And you need to use that power to preemptively prevent other people in the future abusing that same power. By, by using the power, you can put in roadblocks to future abuses. A lot of people seem to miss that. Sadly, most of them have an R after their name. Go figure. All right, the next excerpt comes about uh, not quite 20% of the way into the book. And they're talking about the idea if they can get control, political control of a number of counties, they can affect change at the county level, even if they don't obtain it at the statewide level. So I'm going to go into this uh, excerpt here. This is the home turf where life is lived. Over half the battle of freedom is in controlling one's county government by electing their sheriff, the county commissioners, who could effectively limit state and federal intrusion, as did Sheriff Mattis of Bighorn in the late 1990s. Go look it up. If you are free in your county, then you are generally free indeed. The team recognized how vital employment would be to the project's success. And so Now they're going to talk about you know, recruiting uh, entrepreneurs and making them a net positive to the counties they're looking to come into. Because the last thing they wanted is for the people they're coming in to free, the people they're coming in to work with, for them to see these guys as a potential enemy, the, the liberty lovers as a problem rather than a solution. The people that are looking to work with them to protect the greater movement here. And that's something we could all learn, right? Now, I've talked to more than one elected official that seems to think that the sheriff's mythology outstrips their reality. And and I suppose there's some truth to that I, I supposed as an elected official, they get to see the things that I don't get to see. So I, I trust them. I take their word for this. But I just wonder. <clears throat> Excuse me there. <clears throat> I just wonder, while that might have some truth to it, right? In other words, the sheriff doesn't have the authority that one would think. That the county commissioners don't have the powers that one might think. I imagine maybe in more of a rural county they actually do. But let's look at how this is being eroded and usurped. They bribe the sheriff's departments to go along with these schemes. It doesn't matter if it's the feds or the state. They come in, they give them money, they give them goodies. They, they get them to go along so that they can have their um, <laughs> Strike Forces Act, that they can have these uh, you know alphabet soup people show up and ruin your life. The sheriff's supposed to be an elected official that's there to protect the lives and liberty of the people that live in their county. They're supposed to be the highest law enforcement person in that county. And from what I see, that's lacking. But in, but in the book, in the theory, there's a lot of power that's not utilized. There's a lot of power that's present but not utilized, much like the same power is present for you to act out and control your individual rights, whether it's carrying a firearm or not. The exercising of those authorities, those powers, those rights, ensures that they're there for a future where they might become relevant. The idea that the county commissioners or the sheriff can step in and say, well, yeah, that's a right state, but we're not on board with that. You need to reconsider that. Now, yes, all cities and all counties are subdivisions and created by the state in which they re- reside. Understood. Understood. And they, they do have to answer to quote the higher power of the state. But if they properly beseech the state to not be abusive, if they properly push back and remind the state that they are dependent upon them to help them, if they, if they properly articulate the abuses that cannot be tolerated, maybe, just maybe, the state will reconsider. Maybe the state will see that there's disadvantages to working against the counties. Now, we can't do anything about the feds other than tell them to pound sand. We can't do anything without the state coming alongside and saying, yes, uh, DEA, FBI, DNR, well, actually, DNR, is, uh, EPA, OSHA, all you guys, your limits are at the border of the state of Texas. We can't do that on our own, but if we're actively considering the implications of not pushing back, if we're actively considering how do we aggressively protect our rights, if we're actively considering what's the best way to articulate the advantages to keeping the feds out of our business, if we're actively working with the state-level offices to get them to back us up, to get them to assist us in pushing out these three-letter agencies that really have no legal authority, no constitutional basis to be in the state of Texas. So, yes, I understand there's limitations. I understand the reality is a little bit messier than what we would like it to be. I understand that the badge and the gun don't necessarily make for a uh, active guardian in an omnipotent uh, protective force, but they do create speed bumps. They do create the opportunity to push back. And the way around that is the feds throw money at it. The feds, quote, partner with local law enforcement. They, they let them keep the proceeds of their hmm, seizures. They, they give them goodies that they actually obtained by taxing us in the first place. And the state does much the same thing. And, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but apparently now the state is starting to put in requirements to where they can determine whether or not you're qualified to be a sheriff. They're putting strings on the sheriff's department so they can better control them. Now, why might they be doing that? Could it be they're concerned that some of these sheriffs might not go along to get along? Could they be concerned that, you know, if we can't get these uh, rural departments to do our bidding, we're going to have to find other means? I'm a little concerned about that. You should be too, and you should look it up on your own as like everything else I've ever told you, don't take my word for it. As trustworthy as as I try to be, as accurate as I try to be, I do get things wrong. I do miss things. I I do misinterpret or misunderstand things. You need to check me and what I tell you every bit as much as everything else you check. You shouldn't take anybody's word for it. (laughs) To paraphrase the uh, former man, himself, Neil Bortz. All right, here we go. On to the uh, next excerpt here. This is a little over, well, not quite 60% of the way through. All right. So they're talking about the idea about being careful how quickly you open the gates to liberty. How how quickly you re-emancipate all these people that have been boxed in for so long. So I'm going to just start by some of the points from the uh, fictional Governor Preston's uh, summary of his first 40 days. Point one, we applaud the inherent value of an armed citizency. (laughs) Citizenry, wow. Say that three times twice, right? Armed citizens kill three times more violent criminals than do the police. They also injure far fewer innocent bystanders than do the police. One in 50 versus one in nine. Now that might be due to the fact that the armed citizens, in fact, greatly outnumber so that. um, Accordingly, as self-protection is not only a communal good, but an individual right, not a privilege, the state sales tax on firearms, ammunition, and shooting gears or shooting gear is today repealed. And we asked the federal government to repeal their own excise taxes on these articles. So, see, again, this goes back into they want people to be carrying firearms. They want people to imbue that into their lifestyle. Again, it chases away the weenies. It chases away the progressives. It makes the cuckolds go home. It makes the pusillanimous feel insecure. Remember, some of this is in response to a counter insurgency, if you will. Point two, the Wyoming legislature follows the lead of Vermont and Alaska. Again, this is over 20 years ago, I believe at this point. Hereby recognizes the right of any sane, non-felon adult to own and carry weapons without requirement of a license or permit. As cities and counties are creatures of the state, there shall be no local infringement on this cornerstone Right. Carry what you want, how you want, where you want, and we won't bother you unless you mess up. If you're unhappy with seeing armed citizens on your street, then dozens of other states will welcome you, so would their criminals. See, this goes together very well, doesn't it? The idea that armed citizens are the guardians of liberty as well as law and order. Accordingly, the legislature proposes... The changes to the Wyoming Constitution will be replaced with the following language. No state, county or city representative, officer, agent, employee or functionary may deny, infringe, regulate or tax the absolute right of the people in either their individual or collective militia capacities to purchase, own, convey, carry, train with and use weapons and their accoutrements. Any act or order which would directly or indirectly or under the guise or pretense that I infringe, regulate, or tax this cornerstone right is null and void at the moment of this passage and may lawfully be without pain of prosecution ignored or, if deemed necessary by the people or any of them, forcibly resisted. How is that for a constitutional amendment? Do you think we might ever see that in Texas? I wonder. I mean, we can barely get the <clears throat> form of constitutional carry passed, which is actually limited, permanentless carry. But be that as it may, this is bull. This is something. All right. <clears throat> No tax, this is another constitutional amendment, no tax shall be imposed or increased without the consent of three-fourth majority of electors in a proceeding general election. This means that you, the people, must overwhelmingly approve any new tax or rate hike. No longer will the representatives be able to impose or increase taxes at their whim. That's pretty powerful stuff there, isn't it? I mean... Now, I mean, the Republicans in collusion with Democrats routinely give us a tax break, which is a tax hike, which they lie through their teeth and we go along with it. But at least if we were to do this, it would be our own darn fault. Now they talk about uh, speed limits. I I don't really think that's nearly as interesting or fun. And here we're going to go to point five. So I skipped point four. Point five. We fully recognize your Sixth Amendment right to a speedy public trial jury trial, excuse me, in all criminal prosecutions. In our view, all means exactly that all. Therefore, we heartily repudiate the Supreme court's blatant doctrine or Blanton doctrine, if you will, which is a classic animal farm, except for jurisprudence in Wyoming, your right to any criminal chase or any criminal case to a jury trial by 12 peers is guaranteed in full, including a unanimous verdict to convict accordingly, the legislature. Okay. So again, jury trial for all criminal things. I mean, again, how did we get to this? The sixth amendment says it, but we just ignore that. Eh, You know, a court said otherwise we don't really have to do that anymore. Now point six is where it gets a little spicy. The real purpose of a jury trial is to try the law. I'm sorry. This is point six. Before the community, the fully informed jury amendment simply codifies what Americans well understood before the Civil War and reinstitutes the most important check and balance on the government. FEJA is hereby passed by the legislature, not only as a bill, but as a proposed constitutional amendment. And it reads, an accused or aggrieved party's rights to trial by jury in all instances where the government or any of its agencies is an opposing party includes the right to inform the jurors of their power to judge the law as well as the evidence and to vote on the verdict according to their conscience. This right shall not be infringed by any statute, juror, oath, code, order, or procedure or practice of court, including the use of any. Method of jury selection which could preclude or limit the impanelment of jurors willing to exercise this power, nor shall the right be infringed by preventing any party to the trial once the jurors have been informed of their powers from presenting arguments to the jury which may pertain to the issues of law and conscience, including the merit, intent, constitutionality, or the applicability of the law in the instant case, the motives, moral perspective, or circumstances of the accused and their grief party, the degree and direction of the guilt or actual harm done, or the sanctions which may be applied to the losing party. So, if you're not allowed to discuss those things, you don't actually know the full extent of what's going to happen by finding them guilty. Failure to allow the accused or the aggrieved party or counsel for that party to inform the jury shall be grounds for mistrial in another trial by jury. So all you Fiji people out there, keep up the good work. I really don't understand why this is such a mystery or why it's verboten in today's day and age. And I really, I remember 20 years ago, I went and visited a number of courts and I asked the question, well, what happens if the jury nullifies? Well, that would never happen. Well, but that's they're right. Yeah, but we're not going to allow that. Well, okay. <laughs> Even in Texas where we supposedly know better. All right. On to point seven. We're kicking in on the time here. Point seven. We repudiate the socialist doctrine of the state owning our children. We believe that you, the parents own your children. And therefore the legislature has proposed the parental rights amendment, the right of the parents to direct the upbringing and education of their child or children, excuse me, shall not be infringed. The legislature shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation, the provisions of this article rental rights who would have thought it gets interesting later on in the book point Uh, most civilized countries have a loser pays civil court system and wyoming will lead the way in america and it's a little bit more about the cost if you lose the court case and to deal with frivolous court cases point nine no purpose of government state local or federal is so compelling to justify homelessness of its citizens over tax bills. The ad valorem tax, property tax has become a disguised form of cruel tenacity to extort endless bond issues by a threat of eviction. Accordingly, they're going to uh, strike out for taxes regarding forced sales. And the guy reading this says, I have halted all evictions and for sales at Homesteads. So interesting, right? They can come take your house because you didn't pay your taxes. Just reinforcing the idea that you actually don't own your house. You rent it. I mean, Don Huffines mentioned that a number of times while he was running for office. And yet we still have property tax. All right. Last one, point 10, if you will. Any amendment or amendments to this constitution may be proposed by either a popular referendum signed by at least, in their numbers, 20,000, which I think for the purpose of this is 5% of their population, um, in either branch of the legislature, and it shall be the duty of the legislature to submit such amendment or amendments to the electors of the state at the next general election or the next special election convened by the governor, which shall in any event take place within 180 days of of the referendum or passage by both houses. So they went back and added referendum on top of that change they made earlier. Did you catch that? They're they're devolving the power back to the people. Now, this is kind of a dangerous thing if you fear people, if you fear the masses, if you think that they can't be trusted. This will allow the people to directly propose constitutional amendments beneficial to their liberty and thus no longer be held constitutionally hostage by the legislature that is loath to relinquish its power. Now, the major takeaway from this, ladies and gentlemen, the major takeaway the legislature is not going to give up what they have, they have to be forced into it. Now, I understand. I understand there's concerns. There might even be logical and reasonable concerns by devolving this power back to we the people. But if you have an educated populace, a constitutionally minded populace, if you had been doing your job for the last several decades, we would be far more secure with the people than we are with the bought and paid for legislature by the compromised legislature. That's what we have right now. You want to know why you want to know why it's such a challenge to just get the vote, the opportunity to be heard on Texas independence. The reason why is because the legislature, one is afraid of what the answer might be. And two, they don't want to give up that power. And three, they don't want to have to act on it if it should come to pass that we, the people actually do want to look at independence. That's why they try as much as they may to paint us into a corner of being some (laughs) wackadoo, some crazies detached from reality, whatever they try and they try, but the Texas nationalist movement continues to grow. It continues to have a voice. And my solution has always been, if you really think it's some marginal thing, if you really think it's just some little bit of crazies, then have the vote. Prove it. Put up or shut up. <laughs> I can remember having many, many episodes just that. Put up or shut up. It's either true or it's not. Now the folks over at t m they're doing their best to put forth a referendum, a request, if you will, the right to be heard from the Texas legislature. Now, whether or not they're ultimately going to be successful, therein lies the rub. I signed it. Have you? Now, you you might wonder, how is it that we spent, you know, 20 minutes talking about this book, Milan Labay, right? The idea of come and take them from uh, an author that used the nom de plume of Boston Tea Party. The, the guy's an avowed Christian libertarian, Callus, what are you doing? You're going off the deep end. No, 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 I'm not. Everything that this guy describes in his book is plausible. I didn't say it's right. I didn't say it's wrong. I didn't say it was an absolute thing. I just said it's plausible. It's an argument that needs to be heard. It's an argument that's worthy of consideration. And in all things, I believe that you need to have all the information. You can only make the correct decision or the right decision or an informed decision when you're properly informed and educated. And when we constantly refuse to give people all the information, when we constantly censor what they have access to, we're only limiting our own liberties. We're only limiting our own ability to protect our own freedoms. I'm not good with that you shouldn't be either so look I know some of you out there maybe you're not Christians okay I get it nobody wants to mandate you go to the local Lutheran Church nobody nobody's gonna force you to be go uh, go join the the Orthodox Church down the the road nobody's gonna show up and make you a Baptist tomorrow and and, and nobody's gonna make you uh, visit the church in Rome that's not the way we roll the modifier on there is libertarian right? So in this guy, in the author's view, you can be a full fledged Christian and just not want to force your views on anybody else. That you can intently get people to quit doing stupid stuff by telling them, hey, that's stupid stuff, and not supporting them and not mm, allowing them to benefit from their stupid mistakes. Now I gotta be honest, I used to kind of agree with that. I, I used to I used to feel very confident in that. Life's gone on and I feel less confident. I I think that because we've done such a bad job of educating, because we've done such a bad job of bringing people up to speed on what liberty is and what freedoms are to be uh, utilized and not abused, because uh, the people that were charged with doing these things, quite frankly, have joined the other team, I no longer feel that confident anymore. We, We need to put in some bumpers, if you will. Yeah. Now, again, I stand pat on the idea that ruining somebody's life because they, uh, you know, took a drug that wasn't authorized, not a good idea. Destroying somebody's life for a singular singular mistake, not a good idea. Now, something that's, you know, continually abused, something you cross the line there. Okay. Yeah. Now you need to talk about therapy or treatment or something like that. Yeah, totally get it. But I'm not sure a felony conviction helps anybody. Yeah, I know there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, think I was all for legalizing all drugs. I And I made the comment once before in the past. and I know it's kind of off topic here, but I just feel like, you know, anytime you bring up the idea of libertarianism, anytime that that comes up, that's the immediate knee-jerk reaction. Well, you just want to legalize drugs. No, no, no it's not anything that really interests me. I'm not, I'm not interested. Don't partake, not, not concerned, but I will admit that five years in prison with a felony because you were foolish one night, not, not equal weights and measures. The punishment clearly does not match the crime. And with that, I give it to the libertarians to make a good argument there.
1: <clears throat> oh wait,
0: those aren't really their arguments. Hmm. In any case, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this again. The book was Moulin Labbé written by Mr. Boston tea party. This has been episode 499. I I thought you might enjoy it. Uh, And tomorrow, I think we're going to do yet another book for the special 500, (laughs) number 500 episode on a Friday, no less. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that I'll go over 30 minutes, but it'll be certainly fun finding out. And with that, I will see you on the other side.